Good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner, Kevin Zivna, coming to you live like we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then this is your forum to discuss. We'd love to hear from you. All I need is your first name, city you're calling from, And no matter what I'm talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. I'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 757-627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m., and that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, and it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. you got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give us a call, 627 627- 7979, whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 43Bs, TSP, 457s, IRAs, Roth IRAs, mortgage options, Social Security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts, all that and more. Falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight, 627-7979. And for those of you tuning in just to exclusively listen to my typical broadcast partner, Alison DeBrill, she is on vacation in Mexico, testing out various versions of Mezcal, I was told. So quite the adventure there. She'll be back clean and sober, though, uh, in two weeks in March 14th for our next show. So I'm going solo tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, prioritizing long-term savings to efficiently uh, maximize your long-term, uh, your long-term savings and your net worth to grow it as quickly as possible over time. It's one of, one of the major questions we get on this show uh, and when we have new clients is, like, where, where now that I'm have a little bit of money, what do I do with it? Where do I start? Where do I put it? And obviously, a lot of that's going to depend on your phase of life that you're in, whether you're just starting out, having just graduated high school, uh, just graduated college, got your first job, in the, started up in the military, getting that first paycheck, or in your 30s, family, mortgage, kids, cars, 40s, more cars more kids, college around the corner, 
all these kind of competing interests. Then you get 50s, then you're like, well, I guess I'm getting close to retirement. I better start thinking about that. All kinds of competing interests for your limited funds that we all face. How do you get started? Where do you get started to most efficiently grow your net worth over time? So that's what we're going to talk about here tonight. we got nine different savings vehicles, strategies that you should consider uh, in order to grow your net worth fastest, and this is the order in which you do it. So first off, it's the good old-fashioned emergency fund that we talk about here on the show all the time. A basic staple of good personal uh, personal finance is to develop an emergency fund of three to six months, three to six months of uh, living expenses. So, for example, if your mortgage, your car payments, uh, the groceries, the uh, utility bills, electric, and so on and so forth add up to, say, $5,000 a month, then your emergency reserve fund should be about $15,000 to $30,000. More stable your job, more stable your career, the lower you can afford to keep that emergency fund, keep that on the, on the low side. Uh, the more variable your compensation, the less reliable your occupation, or less uncertain, I should say, your occupation, uh, the higher you're going to want to keep that emergency fund. So keep it to the closer to the six-month reserve. This is money that should be set aside in a bank account, not the checking account, but savings account, bank money market account should not be invested, should not be subject to market fluctuations, needs to be liquid, needs to be uh, easily accessible in the event of emergency. And the primary purpose of this emergency fund is to keep you out of trouble. Uh, You know, the first thing you do when you find yourself in a hole is stop digging. And so once you start getting into a financial hole, it's hard to get yourself out. Once you, if you don't have an emergency fund and then the, you have car repairs or you have house uh, repairs or you got medical bills or whatever life curveball throws at you, um, you have to go into debt. You, you put, put it on a credit card, high, high interest rate. It's very difficult then to stop that financial spiral down. So the emergency fund is your cushion to prevent you from ever getting in a hole in the first place. So you build up that emergency reserve three to six months, and then most of life curveballs thrown at you can be absorbed by that emergency fund so you never get into bad debt in the first place. So number one, start with that emergency fund. Number two, and this is one that most people probably wouldn't consider, um, and, my, and, and not everyone has access to, but it's a health savings account. And a health, specifically, you want to contribute to a health savings account if eligible for a match from your employer. Um, and not a lot of employers are that sophisticated yet where they do this. Um, I do know some of the cities, I believe the city of Virginia Beach does provide uh, matching funds to a health savings account. But If you have access to a health savings account through your employer, then you want to make sure you contribute as much as necessary to get the employer's match, which is essentially free money and incentive for you to contribute to the health savings account. And a little primer on the health savings account, that works in conjunction with a high deductible health insurance plan. So 
high deductible health insurance plan for an individual. That means the deductible must be at least $1,500 or greater. Family coverage, $3,000 or greater. So that deductible is the portion that you are responsible for. Above that, those numbers, the insurance kicks in and the insurance pays out. So if you're willing to assume some of that risk on the low end, the $1,500 as an individual or $3,000 as a family, then you can enjoy lower insurance premiums by having that higher deductible type of premium. And then the health savings account is essentially your emergency fund for medical expenses. So you fund the health savings account. If you do incur medical expenses of a significant nature, you've got the health save- funds in the health savings account to pay for up to your deductible. Above the deductible, the insurance kicks in. You don't find yourself in a big financial hole because of an unexpected medical bill. And then if at all possible, as you're trying to build up the health savings account with company matching, you want to pay for minor uh, medical expenses out of pocket. So you go to the doctor, it's a $20 copay. Don't use your health savings account. Just pay for that out of your checking account. Uh, you go you go to the drugstore and your prescription is $50. Pay for that out of pocket. Don't use your health savings account. Even though you can, doesn't mean you should, but even though you can, try to keep that money in the health savings account uh, and get that built up to make sure that you cover up the deductible. And long-term, a health savings account is one of the most efficient uh, growth vehicles to protect against uh, medical uh, financial catastrophe uh, and also can be used for retirement long-term. So you get a tax break for money that goes in the health savings account. Uh, Any interest you earn or investments that grow in the health savings account grow tax-free and the money comes out of the health savings account tax-free if used for qualified medical expenses. So that's why we love the idea of health savings account used in conjunction with a high-deductible health care plan, and that's step two on your ladder of making uh, um, prioritizing long-term saving vehicles to build your net worth. All right, I'm going to pause right here. Take a short break. If you got questions about what I'm talking about tonight or anything related to your own personal financial situation, jump on the phone lines. Give me a call, 757-627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, check us out online at Wealthway Advisors. 
Com. All right, tonight we're talking about how to prioritize your savings vehicles in order to efficiently grow your net worth as quickly as possible. So we started out with emergency fund, three to six months of living expenses in a bank account. Then we talked about health savings account if your employer offers some sort of match. So make sure you take advantage of that match and get the tax deduction for the contributions to the health savings account. Now, number three, after we've done that, if you have it available, then we want to make sure you're contributing to your company retirement plan up to the amount of any employer match there. So we're talking 401k plans, 403bs, 457s, TSP. Now, not every employer matches the employee's contributions, but if your employer does, that's free money to you, the employee, an incentive for you to take care of your future retirement and contribute to the company-sponsored retirement plan. Typically, what we see uh, in terms of a match is about 50% of what the employee contributes up to 6% of your pay. So contribute 6, 6% of your pay, you get another 3% match on top of that, which is like contributing 9% of your pay in total. And if you do that year after year after year, you start making real progress to building up uh, your retirement savings through your employer um, company-sponsored retirement plan. So if you have one of those plans where employer matches, you've got to take care, you've got to contribute to the plan in order to get that free money from your employer, that company match. All right, so that's number three. What do we do after we contribute to a 401k plan or company-sponsored retirement plan? Then it's time to attack any high-interest loans that you have outstanding. Now, let's a word about that. So not all debt is bad debt. There is such a thing as good debt. Good debt is low interest debt. So if you get any sort of uh, financing incentives with 0% uh, interest rates in order to entice you to buy some appliance or furniture or car or something like that, um, by all means, uh, you can go ahead and factor that into your decisions. Just know that most of the times those companies are offering 0% financing. Uh, they're making up the money some other way. Usually the price of the product is a little bit higher, but that's that's a little side note there. But anyway, if you have 0% financing, well, there's no rush to pay that off. It's not costing you anything. So similarly, for the last uh, over a decade, I would say, until the end of 2022, we saw historically low mortgage rates in the United States. At one point, Mortgage rates in about 2021 were in the twos, in 2%, like less than 3%. Some people were locking in 30-year fixed-rate mortgages, and we were pounding the table all through that process saying, this is the time to refinance your house. This is a great time to get a mortgage. This is a great time to get a long-term mortgage. Why? Because the cost of financing was so low. So if you can borrow a bank's money at two and a half, three percent for your 30-year mortgage, you borrow as much as they will give you, 
and you take as long to pay it back to them as they will let you. Now, you redirect that extra money that you would have committed to the mortgage through a higher interest rate into other savings vehicles, especially those um, that can earn more than 2 or 3%, such as equities, stocks, investments in your company retirement plan or in mutual funds or however you would access uh, the capital markets. But that is good debt. Bad debt is higher interest rate debt. So almost always all your credit cards, um, very rarely would you see, well, I guess let's, let's start with the demarcation point. What is high interest rate debt? What number is it? So there's no hard and fast answer, but I would say it's anywhere between 6 to 8%. If you are above 8% in this environment, that is currently high interest rate debt that you want to work to pay down quickly. If it's below 6%, then you probably don't have to rush to pay that off as quickly and you want to take that excess cash flow, make sure you're doing the other things that I talked about, emergency reserve, health savings account match, uh, company-sponsored retirement plan match, those types of things. Between 6 and 8, kind of a gray area. A lot of student loans line up in the 6 to 8 uh, area. So that's a kind of that would probably require a little bit more drilling down into your own personal financial situation. I know a lot of student loan payments are put on pause right now due to the government as uh, um, some legal wranglings uh, work through the system. Um, but uh, anything below six, consider that decent low cost debt above eight high cost. That's where you want to attack with extra money. Um, uh, that type of debt, uh, certainly any credit cards, uh, personal loans, unsecured loans. Um, we're starting to see mortgage rates creep up into the sixes. Uh, no cause yet to be alarmed by that, but certainly a factor consider when you are purchasing a new house, because that's almost double what the rates have been uh, over the last 10 years, and that starts to impact your monthly payment. Um, still relatively reasonable by historical standards. Uh, if we were start to see mortgage rates again at the eight or higher level, that is when we would start to reshift, we would shift our thinking uh, and then start encourage people maybe to re redirect excess cash flow to their mortgage as opposed to try to max out any uh, investment account savings because above 8%, that's, that's, uh, that's a hard number to um, uh, keep up with there. So, so there's your sort of metrics on after you've taken care of some base level savings where you can get company match, then you want to go after that high interest rate debt. Student loan typically falls in the middle there and something that uh, you want a little bit more study and analysis on. And then the fifth thing that you want to go, we want to come back to the health savings account after we paid off that high interest loan debt. Go back to the health savings account. Remember, the first point was just to get enough for the company match. You've done that, okay? You paid off all your high interest debt. You got your company match for the, for the retirement plan. Now come back to the health savings account and try to max out your contributions to the health savings account. 
So how much can you contribute uh, per year to a health savings account? Well, if it's an individual plan, $3,850 for this year, 2023. If it's a family plan and you don't have to have your own family on it, you just need you and one other person in your family to qualify as a family plan, then you can contribute up to $7,750 for this calendar year. And if you are age 55 or older, you can contribute another $1,000 as a catch-up contribution. So uh, $7,750 for family plus $1,000 to catch-up and $3,850 as an individual. All right, we're going to pause right here, take a break for the news. We'll be back in just a few minutes talking about how to prioritize your long-term savings to grow your net worth as fast as possible. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I am certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. I'm from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, check us out online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the, the information that you request. Or if you have uh, more nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, we also have those in the office. Give us a call there at 757-456-2200. want to remind everybody our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, March 14th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month or our rebroadcast on Saturday mornings following this show, then you can get the show as podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, listen at your leisure. And if you're into social media, we're there. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit that like button. And about once a week, we put up a financial planning-oriented post to help you keep you engaged and learning something every time. All right. Oh, wait. Allison is not here. She is on vacation this week. So she'll be back in two weeks on Tuesday, March 14th as well. She's on vacation in Mexico. I am not. I am here in Hampton Roads in downtown Norfolk. And she's eating tacos in cactus fields. Beautiful weather. Mm -hmm. Mm. All right. Well. I'll handle that when she returns. Tonight, we're talking about prioritizing long-term retirement savings, how to efficiently allocate your assets, your savings, in order to maximize all opportunities and grow your net worth fastest. Uh, Already talked about emergency fund, the health savings account, up to any company match. 
your company retirement plan if you have any company match. You've got to get all that company matching money. Do that. One, two, and three. Four, you pay down high interest rate debt. Anything 8% or over. You got a 2 or 3% mortgage? Fantastic. Sleep like a baby. Don't try to pay that off quickly. Redirect that extra money into these other savings vehicles. You will benefit long term. Not all debt is bad debt. Low interest rate debt is good debt if you manage it appropriately. Five, go back to the health savings account. After you got any company match to the health savings account, make sure you try to max out the contributions to your health savings account if you have one. They are an excellent savings tool to pay for uh, medical expenses. And at age 65, they can be used for anything, not just medical expenses. So it functions as an IRA at age 65 where you can withdraw money for any purpose without penalty. Now, you will have to pay ordinary income tax on the money that comes out of it, but you have to do that on traditional IRAs anyway. But you don't have to pay any penalty uh, on the health savings account at age 65 or older. You can also use that money to pay for medical insurance, such as Medicare, which we all pay for at age 65. So an excellent long-term savings vehicle for medical expenses or for retirement in general uh, at age 65. One of the reasons we love those health savings accounts. All right, after that, six, you've maxed out your health savings account if you have one. Now you got to try to max out your company retirement plan. That's usually the most efficient, most effective way of savings for the majority of people. It's so easy. It comes right out of your paycheck. Uh, You set it up with payroll or human resources. A lot of times now, larger companies, you go to a website. You just type in the amount, percentage, or dollar amount of your paycheck. Each paycheck, you want to go into your company retirement plan and try to contribute as much as you can Uh, that the IRS will allow you based on contribution limits each year. So for right now, for 401ks in this calendar year, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, TSPs, $22,500 is the maximum amount you can contribute this calendar year. If you are age 50 or older, you can contribute another $7,500 for a total of $30,000 a year. And if you have a 403B, you can do another catch-up. If you have 15 or more years of service, you can contribute another $3,000 on top of that for $33,000 a year. So you can see there's a long runway there, and you can really start growing aggressively your retirement savings if you have the financial resources to do that. So that should be a focus uh, after you've uh, taken care of the other uh, steps to to build up your financial foundation. See if you can max out your company retirement plan. Uh, I should also make a note, uh, the little used, but uh, um, little used um, nationally, but used more frequently in small businesses, businesses with less than 25 employees, is a simple IRA. So some of you might have those. Those uh, IRAs, you can. these are set up through your employer now, not individual, even though it says IRA. It's set up through your employer 
Blame the IRS, not me. $15,500 is the contribution limit uh, per year right now to a simple IRA. And if you're 50 or older, add on another $3,500 for a total of $19,000 a year to a simple IRA. So very easy to do because it comes right out of your paycheck. It's tax deductible, so you do not pay tax. Uh, you get a tax break for the money that you contribute to the uh, uh, company, your company retirement plan, so it lowers your overall tax bill today. Most people, as they get into their higher earning years, their 40s, late 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, they're making maximum lifetime income, and therefore they're in the highest tax bracket of their lives for most people at that point in time. So this is the ideal time to want to try to take get tax breaks wherever you can. Trying to max out your company retirement plan is the easiest and best way of trying to do that. So that's something you want to take advantage of. Um, and then after you've maxed out or come as close to maxing out your company retirement uh, plan that you can, then you want to circle back and look at perhaps paying down lower interest rate loans, such as student loans, that six to eight gray area that I was talking about earlier, where interest if you, the interest on your loan is between six and eight percent, that's when you want to circle back and try to sort of pick off that type of debt and pay that down. Student loans right now kind of fall in that category. There might be some car loans that we're seeing in that area as well. Um, very rarely would you see a credit card there. They're almost certainly above 8%. Then if it's, uh, if it's uh, below 6%, um, I would say that that's, uh, that's okay. Certainly anything in the twos or the threes or the fours, that's outstanding low debt. You don't have to really work or rush to have to pay that off. Um, make the minimum payments on that. Redirect the cash flow to other savings vehicles. All right, we've got two more to go. Uh, got a list of nine here of how to prioritize your savings vehicles in order to most efficiently maximize your net worth and grow that net worth as quickly as possible over time. We get that question a lot on this show and uh, in our practice with new clients. So I'm laying them all out here for you tonight. Uh, hopefully you're taking notes. Uh, I'll do a short week recap when I come back right after this break. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zibna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790. WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. I'm from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. 
For more information about us, check us out online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter, wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to that contact page, put your name and address in there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we use your name and address for. It's just to send you the information that you request. Or if you want to give us a call at the office, 757-456-2200. want to remind everybody, uh, uh, Allison and I will be back in two weeks on Tuesday, March 14th. She's away on vacation this week. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, then get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen on the beach or in the forest or in the car. We'll be there right there with you. And if you're into social media, we got a presence on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit that like button and we will. you will see a weekly financial planning oriented post. All right, tonight we're talking about prior, how to prioritize your long-term savings to maximize your net worth, how to do it as efficiently as possible. If you want to jump in on this conversation or have any questions or comments about your own personal situation, feel free to give me a call on studio line 757-627-7979. All right, we went through, I got a list of nine of them. That's going to be enough. If you can get to number nine, you know, that's, you know, you are cooking with gas right there. You are, you're doing about as best as you can do to maximize all savings opportunity to grow your net worth as fast as possible to put you on the path to financial security, first of all, and then eventually financial independence, where you don't have to rely on any other source of income or any other sort of person for income than yourself once you develop critical mass of savings and investments that you can then live off of. So we went through, uh, we, I got nine of them, went through seven of them. Emergency reserve starts us off. Make sure we don't fall into a financial hole. Provides a safety net and a cushion so we don't even, so we don't fall backwards. Easiest way to get ahead is don't fall backwards in the first place, all right? Emergency reserve, three to six months of living expenses. Then if you have access to a health savings account at work that uh, provides a match from your employer, you want to contribute as much to that health savings account as you can to get all of the employer match. That's free money. That's an incentive. Health savings account with employer match, get after it. If you don't have one of those or you've already done that, then you go to your company retirement plan, which most of those match a percentage of your contribution to your company retirement plan. So you want to make sure that you are contributing enough to get all of the company match that is available to you. Again, free money from your employer and incentive. For most people, that means you have to contribute about 6% of your paycheck in order to get 3% additional match from your employer. That's how most plans are designed. Um, So that should give you something to shoot for there. Then you want to attack high interest rate debt. Anything over 8%. Credit cards, uh, some car loans, um, personal unsecured loans, 
Um, those are those are the ones that will keep you stuck in the mud. Too high of an interest rate, too low of a payment back, you just don't make any traction. You don't get ahead, and you don't get that debt paid down fast enough. So attack those high interest rate loans above 8%. Then circle back to the health savings account. Try to max out, try to contribute all you are eligible to contribute in any given year to a health savings account. For individuals, that's $3,850. For family plans, that's $7,750. And if you're 55 or older, you can contribute another $1,000 as well. So get those health savings accounts maxed up full and then Use cash flow, use your regular bank account for small medical expenses. Even though you can use money in the health savings account to pay a doctor's copay of $50 or medicines that cost $50, $25, $100, try to pay that out of cash flow and keep that money in the health savings account and let that grow tax-free, all right? Then after you've maxed out the health savings account, if you have access to it, you want to go back to the company retirement plan and try to contribute the maximum annual amount to your company retirement plan. Right now, for most plans, 401ks, 403Bs, TSP, 457, you're looking at $22,500 for this calendar year. If you are age 50 or older, you can contribute another $7,000 for a total of $30,000 that you can defer out of your paycheck into your company-sponsored retirement plan, all right? So that's number six. Number seven, now we want to circle back to those lower interest loans. And I I would say those in the gray area between six and eight percent. If it's gray and you've got extra cash flow, well, go ahead, knock those out. A lot of times student loans fall in that gray area there, also some car loans as well. Now, after you've done all that, now you have excess cash, it's time to contribute to IRAs, individual retirement accounts. Now, there are income limitations that you have to be aware of in order to determine which type of IRA you are eligible for. And generally speaking, um, if your income is below, um, for married filing joint, uh, $116,000, then uh, you can contribute to a traditional deductible IRA. If your income is above that, but less than $218,000 married filing joint, then you can contribute to a Roth IRA. Uh, And for those of you who don't have access to any company retirement plan, you can make uh, deductible contributions to a traditional IRA regardless of income. So make sure, and then the maximum you can contribute to an IRA this year, $6,500. If you are age 50 or older, add another $1,000 for a total of $7,500. All right, I'm going to pause right there. Do have a caller on the line. Charles in Virginia Beach. we got a few minutes. Welcome to Dollars and Common Sense. Thank you. uh, I'm already retired and everything, and I'm over 73, so I have to take out my IRA money funds as a minimum amount. But my question is, is I've got an opportunity to put in a 
savings, all of my amount of my IRA, which is 160000 I could put that into a uh, 5% savings. Would it be beneficial for me to go ahead and withdraw that out now and put it into the 5% savings, and then in the long run, would I save money? Well, when you say withdraw it, take it out, that that means to me uh, that you— Take that, it out of the IRA. Right, that, that you—money that you take out of a traditional IRA is subject to ordinary income tax, which is the highest level of— tax rates that that we have. So you want to be very careful about how much money you take out of an IRA. Now, it is possible, perhaps, to keep the money in the IRA-protected wrapper and simply move it from wherever it is now to this, I guess, maybe bank that has a CD offering 5%. So if you decide to go in that direction, you don't want to withdraw the money out of the IRA and then use it to purchase the 5% vehicle you're talking about. You want to try to keep it in the tax-protected IRA wrapper and just move it to another location uh, and purchase this 5% vehicle if you want to. Now, so that's step number one. Make sure you can do that, and that should be done carefully and thoughtfully. Number two is should you do it in the first place at all? Eh, I don't think so. Uh, you, how you, did you say you were 73? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't consider retirement uh, the, the, the age to start get or the end to start getting conservative. You probably still uh, have another 20 years of life expectancy ahead of you. That's a long time horizon. I would not lock in 5% rates today. I would keep my money invested in a well-managed, diversified investment portfolio of stocks for the long term so that you can keep your purchasing power ahead of inflation. So I hope that framed it out a little bit for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right, Charles. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, got just about a minute left, so we're going to wrap it up with number nine and prioritizing our long-term savings vehicles to maximize your net worth as fast as possible after the IRAs. Well, that's a regular old brokerage account. So if you have excess cash flow, it can always be go into or or a mutual fund, I should say. It could go so Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab. But there's no tax breaks that you get for contributions to a regular brokerage fund. But the investments that you make in there do grow um, tax deferred until you sell those investments. And then they are taxed at capital gains rates, which are lower than ordinary income tax rates. And for most people, the capital gains rate is 15%. So there you have it. Then the order to prioritize your savings to maximize your net worth as fast as possible. And I will be back in two weeks with my broadcast partner, Allison DeBrill, on Tuesday, March 14th. I'm certified financial planner, Kevin Zibna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense, AM 790 WNIS. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.